Welcome to the Coach Fury Podcast. This is where fitness and geekdom collide. It's time to live long, be strong, and die mighty. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 71 of the Coach Fury Podcast. This one was recorded directly out of Fury Industries. This week's guest, Elisa Fairbanks, uh, came on down to the Speakeasy of Strength. And I'm starting to realize how much I like it when we, when we can record in person versus over video conferencing. So Elisa, somebody I met at a kettlebell cert about two years ago. She was just, well, she's currently in town. She'll be gone by the time you hear this for the original strength pressing reset workshop I taught. And uh, she's just got some stuff going on and I wanted to take an opportunity to get to know her and for you guys to get to hear from her. She's got some cool things going on. And uh, we had a great chat. And that's one of the awesome things about this show. Before you get to hear Elisa and I get into a discussion, let's talk about some workshops. I've been mentioning how spring and summer, things are in the plans and that's starting to happen. Uh, so there's a couple of new things in the works here. But next week, DVRT Workshop Milestone Fitness, Southeastern Massachusetts. That is on January 26th. That's a Saturday. Come on down for the four hour DVRT Workshop. For my New England, Boston area friends, if you're in town, we're going to start hanging out after that too. I'm going to spend the night over there. So uh, come and get some food and have a drink with us, okay? And the following weekend, Sunday, February 3rd, in Brooklyn, we're doing the DVRT workshop at the Brooklyn Athletic Club. That's Larry Betts' awesome place. Uh, come down to Brooklyn. That RKC, March 2nd, boom, sold out. So let's keep moving along. Uh, original strength pressing reset. The date's not locked in yet, but we're bringing it back to MFF Bowery. The last one sold out. Don't get shut out on this one. This is going to be uh, probably on Sunday, June 9th. I will let you know when registration opens up, but keep that date in mind. Pencil that in there, right? Make a mental note. The HKC one day kettlebell cert at MFF Bowery on Sunday, August 18th. And then pressing reset. It's uh, in Oklahoma at AC ACWA Tulsa on September 7th. That's going to be followed up on Sunday, September 8th, by another DVRT workshop. And then, man, it's crazy. Then I'm going to be heading out to uh, Vegas for the DVRT Master Trainer Summit, which I'm excited to see some friends and hopefully get to catch up with uh, Artemis and Eric. I haven't even reached out to him yet, but uh, I will by the time this episode airs. And then Saturday, October 26th and the 27th, the RKC returns to Catalyst Sport. So a lot of stuff happening, still working on plans for Asia, still trying to dial in some things for the summer. And uh, hey, if you're interested in having me out to teach a course, let me know. I'm here for you. Super excited about everything that's going on. And uh, uh, I'm still sort of reeling over that last OS pressing reset course. It was, it was awesome to teach. And uh, it was so oddly relieving to not have a translator. The last eight courses I taught all had a translation, which was awesome. Uh, but it was weird to not have to take a pause and wait for somebody to speak. Speaking of hearing me speak, hey, if you love this show, if you enjoy it, if you get something out of it uh, and want to support it, a buck an episode would go a long way. I don't want to beg for anything. I'm not begging for anything, but the support would go a long way. Uh, and you can do that by becoming a patron of the show at patreon.com slash coach fury podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash coach fury podcast and you can make a small donation per episode uh and you know cumulatively that stuff adds up so i would love uh and appreciate the help 
if you can't, I understand. Uh, we all get busy. There's other stuff that might be uh, more worthwhile. But if you can't and you've listened to like three, maybe even five, maybe even, I don't know, 30 episodes and haven't dropped a rating yet, hook me up, please, and uh, drop a five-star rating over on iTunes just so we, we do well on those a- algorithms. Uh, subscribe, and who knows? Maybe one day we'll get a sponsor. You know this. I'm going to keep doing the show because uh, it's almost part of my mental health regimen at this point. And, uh, but the support helps. Right, I would actually like to be able to have more guests come over, uh, get another mic, and, and start doing some stuff um, with the show. And I just ummed a lot. I apologize. I don't think that's going to happen as much from here on out. So let's get into the show. It's Elisa Fairbanks coming all the way from Portland to be here in Brooklyn at Fury Industries. We're speaking with Elisa Fairbanks, trying to do a nice smooth start, and this is the third in-house at Fury Industries recording the show, which I, I want to do more and more, but it's also the first one on the new laptop. I know you guys love hearing about my new laptop. <laughs> Patreon supporters, thank you for helping pay for it, but I need more supporters if you're out there. Um, but uh, Alisa is someone that I met at the RKC at uh, Crunch in 2017. It was a massive, it was the biggest RKC probably in the States in a long time, and it was definitely the biggest one we've ever had in New York. And that's not just because of anything that happened during the split. It was just, uh, we had a big enough space. We had a killer team. It was, uh, Dan, John and myself co-leading and Matt Marr and Annie Vo, uh, team leading. And it was just an awesome event. And Elisa for better or worse (laughs) ended up on team fury. So we got to know each other a little bit there, but, and, and we were just talking about this podcast and like how I, how I reach out to people to be on it is in that type of environment, you don't get a whole lot of time to hang out with somebody. And the main thing you're focusing on is, are they gonna pass this course and how do I help them pass the course? Um, But you still start to pick up like personality traits. And and I haven't mentioned this to Elisa, but one of the things that Elisa and a a couple of the people in in particular in our crew just carried themselves really well within, um, not only are these certs super stressful, just because people are like worried about their fatigue and doing things right and passing or failing. Uh, but this one was also very crowded. So it was like, mm-hmm. it actually added and it was like pretty super hot too. Like we were sweating pretty oh, good yeah. there. So there's just a lot of like, Elisa uh, was one of the people that, that stood out um, within Team Fury of, of that one, of the many. And then I feel like two months later, I started <laughs> seeing you posting TV clips. And that's the other thing that I love about this show and one of the conversations we were having before we started recording is you meet somebody at a cert and the instructor has the leadership shirt, is in the leadership role in the front of the room, but that doesn't dictate that they're necessarily the best or most successful coach in the room or has the most unique story or qualifications. It just means for that system at that moment, they're the person in the front of the room because they've proven within that context that they're going to deliver. Um, so I was excited. Uh, Elisa made the way back out from, from Portland, Oregon, <laughs> Oregon, somebody else Thank like, you. Yes. uh, Optimus Prime, Caitlin with all my members shouted me out for that one too. Um, from Oregon to take original strength this weekend. She was in town for a little bit and I was like, Hey, let's chat. Would you come on the show? <laughs> so say hi to everybody, Elisa. Hi, I'm happy to be here and so like honored to be asked. I was a little surprised. This is my first podcast, so you know, just gonna roll with it. That's awesome. We're we tend to be a lot of people's first podcasts. I like that. 
It's all good. Uh, and in a supportive way, there's nowhere to go but up. <laughs> yes, there <laughs> we go. Show. All right. Um, <laughs> tell, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. So we, we mentioned you're from, from Portland, um, which, of course, when I think of Portland, I think of cement skate parks and Portlandia, <laughs> where the spirit of the 90s is alive, apparently. Um, but tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, I've been living in Portland for a little over 10 years. I am originally a Michigander, so I'm, I'm, I've, I've still got all my family back there and everything, but Portland is home now. Um, I've been a trainer, personal trainer for the past, God, okay, it's 2019. I guess since 2012 is when I got into it. Um, so I, I did have a career change. Uh, shortly after I moved to Portland, went back to school. What was the previous career? So I, um, I went to Michigan State, and my degree is in communication and public relations. Still very valuable. Super valuable. Super valuable. And um, I worked in that field for a little bit in Portland, and I did some other odds and ends. And But I knew in the back of my head that like the health and fitness industry was where I wanted to be. And I actually kind of knew that when I was finishing at Michigan State, but I had already changed my uh, course plans for my degree once, and I was like so ready to be done. So I was like, I'm just going to finish, and I don't know, whatever. But eventually I found my way into the fitness world. I mean, you kind of know when it's like, it was already in the back of my head, and then when you're at when I'm at like my other job and all I'm thinking about is like health stuff and fitness stuff and at one point I was an admin assistant at this tech company and I would like you know I had my own front desk so I was like the receptionist essentially I would just like I don't know look at other shit all day (laughs) and like that was totally irrelevant to my position there of course and planned my planned my like my work day around the gym, like I I worked out at this awesome strength and conditioning gym, which I ended up working at too. And that was my priority. It wasn't the job I was at. (laughs) It's weird how that happens because that was a similar thing for me where I I never like when I, when I think that I have a fitness career, it's crazy. Like I just, it's so far from anything I ever would have placed myself in as if anything, like an anti-jock in high school. Like I wasn't like a, I wasn't against people that played, but I was just so not into sports. And the closest thing I ever had to a team was being a part of Five Points Academy at first. But even then, I wasn't a fighter. You know, it was just like, it just felt like a team environment. And uh, to think that randomly I'd end up here. Now, I, I used to lift a bunch after high school. And me and my buddy Domel had gotten in really good shape, not knowing what we were doing. You know, all the machines and shit at the local Bally's, Jack and mm-hmm. Lane. But it's like I definitely fell into that like adult life disrepair and then I fell in love with Muay Thai and then kettlebells were like Mm. the gateway drug. And it's, you know, I've mentioned this on the podcast. It's still crazy when I think that like the fact that you and I, this is, this is something. So if you've ever gone to a course with me at the end of it, you know, I really stress for everybody in the course to sort of get to at least like connect with a few people to follow up on. And it's not like a social media thing to build friends. I just Mm -hmm. think you never know where your best friend might come from like or the person that gives you a a job opportunity that's awesome like and it's not networking it's like we're here to support each other like we're supposed to support our clients and the idea that a i'm teaching courses and b that like 
somebody that happens to just randomly from Oregon show up <laughs> at a course that I happen to be a part of and then comes back and now we're hanging out, right? Yeah. It's one of these wonderful things and what I love about it is there's no competition within that. So, in, well, you know, I come from an advertising, so it's funny, you, you said communications and public oh, speaking. So okay. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do in high school. Like I was like a classic, it's funny, I found a report card cleaning out my mom's uh, oh my shed. Gosh. And I, I, I knew I didn't do well in school and they would say underachiever. I had no idea how bad this report card was. Like if my kid came home with this report card, like they'd be fucking grounded. They'd be losing electronics. <laughs> That's hilarious. I was actually shocked. Like it was, it was almost embarrassing because I used to be like classic underachiever. Ha ha ha. And then I was like complete idiot in a way. And then in college, for whatever that switch was, I went to a, a community college for two years I just took it seriously and I don't know why. Huh. I think it's because maybe there's some money invested or like now my future's on the line there's in a different more way. more at stake, yeah. I think so. And I think there was a freedom in a way to explore what I wanted to follow as opposed to being told what I needed to do. So mm -hmm. I started NASA Community College, which is right next to Hofstra, um, liberal arts, and then went into communications, and then went into TV and radio. That, I graduated with my associates, went to Long Island University, Southampton College to do TV radio, and realized like radio was not something I wanted to do. And TV felt very limited at all of these places. And then I was like, well, maybe I can be film. And I literally was like, I sent out some projects to SUNY Buffalo so I could go to school with my friend O'Mel and to NYU. And I was freaking shocked when I got into NYU. But that communications thing's very funny because now yeah. when I look back on it, it's not even like I had a long time of focusing on it, but it certainly pays off. Whatever bit of nonverbal communication totally. and, and, and getting being, I guess what I liked and hated about it was I, I'm generally a shy person. And I know that sounds crazy being in front of a room teaching or the podcast is a little weird because you can be really shy on and still do a podcast but talking to strangers like yeah. you know friends but like we haven't had a, a ton of conversations but I think that groundwork of breaking through that fear started there mm. and then I think just the world and workforce pushes you to get through that a little bit and now I've sort of broken that wall down so I, I, I think it's interesting that you said that because I think that is a, a, an avenue that actually might better serve coaches than going into some sort of exercise science or kinesiology yeah. background because applied college from that doesn't always necessarily usually I hate to say it doesn't usually translate directly into coaching people on an hourly basis right um whereas talking to people folks it's really all about <laughs> talking to people while keeping them safe um really does yeah the relationship building part of it is huge and um, it's funny because I'm generally a shy person too. <laughs> right, and you're on but TV. But I can like, yeah, which still surprises the hell out of me. I'm like, oh my God, I go, I've been doing, going on TV for like, uh, over two years now. And if someone would have told me, I was actually telling a friend of mine this last night, like if someone would have told me I would be doing that and enjoying it, I'd be like, no, no, that's not me. <laughs> No way, but it's it's super fun, and I, I I surprise myself every time, and the fact that I can watch my segments, um, and be entertained by them, I'm like, wow, okay, I'm entertained by watching myself. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but, um, but anyway, I guess I took a little, kind of a little segue there, but 
when I did go back to school in Portland um, at community a community college when I wanted to get into the fitness world, and I just I decided instead of studying for like NASM or NSCA or whatever that I wanted to do, they call it fitness technology, which you tell people that and they're like, oh, like Fitbits and stuff. And I'm like, no, I don't know why it's called that, but because um, it's not really like. Yeah. What is it? I've actually never heard <laughs> it's of that. It's essentially, program. I don't know why they call it fitness technology. It's weird, but um, it's a one or two year program and it's basically a really in-depth in-person personal trainer cert oh okay but so I did the year one year the year-long certificate program because I already had a bachelor's degree and I was like I don't need to do the two-year um but I had exercise science I had anatomy and physiology um I had analysis of movement some assessment classes sports nutrition internship all within that program all within a year and it was just community college and I wanted that because I wanted the more hands-on stuff and I just do better. Like I can self-study and all that, but I'd rather have it laid out. If it's structured, I'm going to do better than Uh, to keep myself accountable. Be like, all right, one chapter a week and this and that. And it's just like, it's so dry, you know? So, um, I did, I ended up doing that and but in the whole program, I mean, there was a lot of great information, of course, and a lot of a lot of it was like the black and white stuff. But I think it's good to know, and, and you know, <laughs> necessary in in a way. Um, but there was nothing really on. We talked about behavioral change and stuff like that a little bit, but there wasn't nothing really on like relationship building and like mm-hmm. communicating and. You know, that is a huge part of training, like huge, you know, because and I've seen I've seen other trainers, too, like that just don't even know how to connect with their clients. And they like they're mute and they'll stand there just with their arms crossed. And it's like it's almost like you can tell their clients trying to like like fish a little and they just like they're they're awkward. It's It's kind of a bummer when you see that. Like there's two types of client outreach in that regard. Sometimes it's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Where you see somebody who's, it's almost like a flirting with kind of thing. Like they're trying to like make a connection with their coach in like a flirty way. But then there's yeah. that, which is kind of like normal people meeting people. It happens. But then there's the, like, could you just acknowledge that I'm actually here and have a life outside totally. of this hour or class? Like just throw me that. Right. Like I'm paying you. And they don't even want to think about it in the thing. But it, when, when we lose sight of that, it's like they're paying us for a service. And Ramona's walking in. You can hear her <laughs> nails on the floor. You know, they're paying for us a service. And, and, and sometimes just to like acknowledge that they're there other than the reps or the exercise. Totally. You know, and, and that you're hearing them. It's so important. And, and, and it is a lost art. And I think things like habitry and certainly uh, things that I've picked up at Strength Faction and my time at MFF was we're finding out that's actually where – the success is lying in is how do you communicate in a way that, it, uh, you know, motivation is a little uh, bit of a buzzword. You can't really motivate somebody. They have to find that for themselves. Right. But to, to, to kick that gear, to create the right habit, to start to believe in themselves that they can make that change. Because, you know, with these courses and everything, like it, some people are so precious about their exercise selection. But I'm sure if you had 
your five top exercises that you've succeeded in and I've had my top five exercises, probably three of them are going to be the same or mm -hmm. overlap. And the progress is going to be shown on either end. So it's more like, well, how can much can we can get them to commit to the goal? And that's not going to happen in your exercise selection. That's going to happen in how you present it, how you teach it, how you manage it, how you make it relatable. And even if that sometimes is, can be a little bit at first con uh, confrontational. Mm -hmm. Like I have somebody I'm training now. She's amazing. But all of like my, my favorite things, she kind of tends to hate. Like she's just like, I don't like that. I don't like that. Now, I've set the expectation of trust in there where she does them anyway, right? She's not, it's sure. not that. But it's also, even if she didn't want them, it's like, am I that limited that that's the only exercise that would help her and hit an end goal or him? It, and, right. But we tend to think that way. Yeah. How long was it that when, when you started getting that itch to <clears throat> become a trainer, you're in your previous career before uh -huh. you like, what was that window like before you made the decision? I'm going to do this. So, so it's funny. Um, I, I was working at a small boutique PR firm in Portland and, um, which was okay, but it, it just, it, something about it really didn't feel right. I mean, they had great clients and like the food and wine and artisan, like, you know, local industry and all that. Um, but there's just something that like didn't feel good to me in it. And so from there, I took a little detour. I was like, I want to work at Lululemon. That seems fun. <laughs> like totally like, okay, like grown up job with benefits to... I mean, you can get benefits of Lululemon. You just have to, you know, it's a little different. But um, I think people just don't necessarily think of that. Yeah. You know. But anyway, so I it, it pushed me a little closer into, like, the fitness world. And, but then re I was like, ah, oh, retail. I kind of, like, it, it was retail. So it just, it, it, it wore out. I wore, it wore out on me, if that makes, if that makes sense. Retail has, uh, I, I have friends I that had are, a time limit with I had a friends that like, you know, have been in retail for decades. And it's like, you know, prof they're professional, like, you know, they, they run stores and whatnot. Uh, it's weird with retail where it seems to be a specific type of muscle or character that allows you to put up with customers on that level. Yeah. Because it's a different thing than you and I dealing with gym members or class members. It's generally like way less personal, way higher in volume. <clears throat> excuse me, all of a sudden I've got this itch in the back of my throat. <laughs> it's great for a podcast. And, but you know, and it's, it's, it's way more hectic in a way. Cause like yeah. everything's happening randomly almost any moment and you tend to have bigger staff. Well, I don't know if you always have bigger staffs, but on the fitness perspective, you know, we have members, we have people coming in. We tend to have a different type of randomness. Um, but a lot of us are like solo entrepreneurs like myself. And it's mm -hmm. like, I'm, you know, could you look at fitness? I mean, it's health and wellness, but sometimes I feel like this is retail in a way. Yeah. Uh, in I terms of, that. it's a service and a product. And, you know, I remember when I was working, doing some work with one of the, one of the other kettlebell organizations, this whole thing about like, you know, they're not clients they're students and making a real big deal about that. And like, yeah, I consider myself a teacher, but if the person doesn't want me, you know, some people don't want to be considered that they're paying you to teach them. They're mm -hmm. paying for a service. Like if I had hair, <laughs> so pretend I'm Elisa who has hair. If I had hair and I, I went to the barber 
And, and, and she would, or barber. I'm like, fucking, I'm such a bald dude. I just said like, I had, <laughs> I had beautiful hair and I went to the barber and I went to the uh, stylist, right? And she wouldn't be a teacher to me for my hair. She would be True. providing a high level of service for an outcome, which would be a good, and that's what fitness is to some degree as well. I, I, I mean, I, I want to make it special, but some, you know, but there is that side of it as well. Right. Um, where I think sometimes, and, and the reason why I'm bringing this into swinging this around is, um, I don't think what we do is purely retail, but I think what we do is we forget in our own businesses that it is sales and social media doesn't equal the only sales revenue and referrals are probably the main one for most of us. But I think sometimes we don't think of ourselves as a business enough. Mm-hmm. And I know I've had some friends that have opened up gyms and have struggled or, you know, unfortunately closed. And some of that is because they invested so much in the fitness teaching side of it that they didn't think of the business running side of it. And uh, maybe that would actually, you know, it's funny. I'm thinking about like I'm having light bulbs. That's one of the cool things about the podcast. <laughs> Never thought of it this way before. If I thought of this as a retail environment, but like a clubhouse, like, you know, like in a way we're selling fitness and we're selling um, uh, community and we're selling hope. Yeah. And selling makes it sound like shallow as fuck, but like. Let's face it. Your people are paying for is. something. Yeah. It is what it is. Like, um, it's just got a, a hopefully higher purpose. And now I'm just thinking like I need to pull out my passion planner over there and uh, start making notes about action steps for maybe that's going to change my business a little bit. Um, yeah, that was an aha moment. Yeah, I never thought of it. I that never way. thought about that either. But whoa, okay. But, but then my people that like and generally in retail, I think of uh, clothes. Right. And to me, that was like a soul sucking for me personally. But I think that is a personality thing, like what you can handle. I think so, too. Um, so we, we segued. So I'll come back. This podcast is all I, about the You know segue. what? I, I am all about a good segue. I can go off on a tangent. There'll be many. <laughs> there'll be many. Like tangents. that. Tangents. So so I'm working at Lululemon. That kind of like has an expiration date for me. And I decide I need like my grown up job again. Right. So. And again, not, nothing wrong. Working at Lululemon can be a grown-up job too, okay? But not generally what people think of. <laughs> so <laughs> I will never get sponsored <laughs> off by Lululemon now, ever. I actually really like Lululemon. They do make they, good they shit. They do make good stuff, and I stocked up when I worked there. Okay, <laughs> anyway. So I get a job at this tech company in Portland, and they were, they were essentially still kind of a startup, and they're huge now. They were bought by Amazon. And yeah, like huge. And I was at the beginning of their growth, um, which was, which was pretty cool. I think I was like employee 35 and now they have like, I don't know, definitely well over 200 and people in other parts of the world and everyone in the comments, try to guess, we won't (laughs) say it, but try to guess what the company is. Yeah, you can guess. Yeah. Okay, so I get a job there as like an admin assistant. I actually was applying for an executive assistant for the CEO. And it's funny, when he interviewed me, we like, I looked at him and I was like, you look familiar. And he said the same thing. Turns out we had both been working out at the same strength and conditioning gym. Oh, wow. So funny. And he really liked me. And But this other candidate was a better fit for the um, assistant position. But they liked me so much that they created a position for me. So I was kind of like the admin slash marketing assistant. So I had to sit at the front desk and all this stuff. And I'm like so flattered that they like created something for me. They saw something good in me. And um, anyway, so I I worked there for 
what ended up being a year. But during that time, um, I got put under another manager. And when I got put under this person, it was like she was a beyond perfectionist. Like you could never please her. Like you could never do anything right. And so like I, ne- I never did a good enough job when I was under her. But I also like I also like hated my job. Yeah. I was kind of like the office mom. You know, I kind of hated that. Like, well, I really hated that. And so, I mean, I'd spend some of the time on the computer, like on Facebook and like, you know, personal things and whatnot, but uh, just to kill time. But so it was, it was while I was working there that I was like, I can't, I can't like do this anymore. Like I can't, I just can't. And so I decided I was going to go back to school and do that fitness program and I applied. They only, like, you have to apply and be interviewed. Like, they only accept so many people oh, wow. for this. So it's it's not just, like, everyone can, like, be in it if they want. So that's kind of cool. But it's funny because I remember when I had my interview, <laughs> um, the campus, the location of the community college campus that I w- was going to be going to and that I needed to do my interview at was, like, I worked in downtown Portland, and I think it was, like, a 20 minute bus ride and so i needed to go during the work day uh, so i said that i had a doctor's appointment they had no idea what i was doing and i think i was gone for like two hours because i had to get there do the interview get back and uh so i said i had a doctor's appointment <laughs> so i could go to my my school interview uh they never knew about that and honestly it wouldn't have really mattered too late now. And then, um, so I decided I was going to work, I think this was like maybe April or May, and I was going to stay on until like August or September, like right before the school term started, because I, I had already gotten accepted and everything. And then on June 1st of 2012, let me just say 2012 was a really good year, um, I got laid off. Oh, and wow. they they pulled me into an office on a Friday. I knew exactly what was going to happen. I just, you know, I wasn't living up to this manager's standards, even though under my old manager, I was doing a great job. Under this person, it wasn't good enough. Yeah. But you know what? Like, yeah, I, they should have laid me off. Like, I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't happy to be there, you know? And it, like, I was, I would cry sometimes because it was just like, there's some of the shit I had to deal with. And then this manager yeah. just like stressed me out all the time. Um, they laid me off on a Friday morning. It's like the beginning of summer and I'm done for the rest of the day. I call my then, what is it? He was then my boyfriend. Not He wasn't even my fiance or my husband yet. Well, obviously not my husband if he wasn't my fiance, I guess. <laughs> um, and I called him and I was like, I just got laid off and I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Unemployment yes. in school works so well. <laughs> I ride my bike home and it's like a beautiful sunny day. And I'm like, I was seriously like elated. I was so freaking happy. I filed for unemployment. That day I got home, <laughs> filled out the unemployment paperwork online and all this stuff. And uh, I was able to collect unemployment for a while. And I I started a summer class that summer as part of my program because I then had the availability. And I like had the whole summer off. Like it was amazing. amazing. And um, that's when I started like my little recipe blog. And it's funny because I, it was the day before I got laid off. I said to, again, my boyfriend then, Jesse, 
I was like, I just wish I had more time. Like, I want to work more on my recipes and I want to do other stuff. And then the next, literally the next like day, or it was like, it was either the next day or within that week. I can't remember exactly. I got laid off. So like, I got what I asked for, right? <laughs> you threw it out I the put it out the there. Answer. Like, I verbally put it out there and was genuine about it. And it was good. And then um, that same summer, knowing that I was going to be going to community college and doing this fitness program, the owners, it was a husband and wife at the time, um, running this awesome strength and conditioning gym in Portland, asked me if I wanted to start working there. They're like... What was the name of the gym? It was Amira's place, was It was called Recreate Fitness. Okay. Yeah. Um, And it was strength and conditioning classes and personal training only. And it was a huge space. They also did jujitsu there. Um, One of the owners, he was a black belt and so... And really passionate about jujitsu. But it was... Oh my God. It was such an incredible space. And um, so they had me like shadow some classes for a while. And... And usually it was always like two coaches to a class, you know, kind of thing. Um, I mean, I eventually reached a point sometimes I'd be on my own. But mm-hmm. in the beginning, I was kind of shadowing for a couple of weeks. And then finally, they're like, all right, we're going to start paying you. And but it was weird to start because all of a sudden I was on the other side of things, you know, and some of these people I knew from being in class with. And it's almost like, why should I listen to you? You know, like it was it's, awkward. It's, it's, it's a really weird thing where some people are so excited that that transition's happening. Like they just like, oh, it makes total sense. And then some people are a little caught off guard by it. Like, wait a minute. Oh, that, yeah. that, that just happened. And then I hate to say it. I do get a sense. Some people get a little jealous. Like why? Why didn't they pick me? Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, and I think a lot of the times, well, they didn't pick you because you weren't even trying, right? Like I think like fitness yeah. is like the, the what, what I like hearing about the fitness transition stories is people are, it's one of those things that can sound like a great idea. Right. Right. Like you start to have the idea, like, I love doing this. I might be able to make it de- like for me, it was like, I love doing this. I, I, I think I could help people and I think I can make like a decent enough hourly rate. And I always sort of try to gauge my numbers against what I was making as like a decent day rate as a freelance executive producer in my old career, visual mm-hmm. effects. And in some ways, like that makes sense. And then in realistically, I, I, there'll be days where I hit that, but it's like not five days a week for months at a time. So, totally. Yeah. You know, but I was like, I don't, I don't expect to make what I was making, but I should be able to do all right. And I think there's that, those other people that are like, I really like this and I hate my job, but they're not going to take that shot. And we talked about this on the last episode a little bit with, with Kristen about, you know, there's a level of comfort just in the consistency that people will find, even if they hate their situation, because at least it is the devil, you know, type of mentality, mm-hmm. right? Like my job sucks, but it pays the bills and this thing could be a total risk and fall apart. And so for me, I know it was, I started, it was my journey to the RKC, which is why, you know, part of why I love getting to teach these courses is that it literally is the, the starting place of, of my career um, that, I, that I had asked if I could teach classes after, if, if, if they thought it was crazy. And I thought I was like, you know, I was even afraid to ask Steve Millis, the owner, who was like one of my mentors, uh, the owner of Five Points. I, I went to an old friend, Keith Payne, who I used to work with in visual effects, who ha- is a co-owner of Nimble Fitness. Um, to meet up and ask him his thoughts. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, go for it. So I asked my boss, he said, Pastor RKC, you can teach a class. Because I'd already taken, I don't know how many, hundreds of them at this time. I wonder, it couldn't have been hundreds. That's a fake number. <laughs> I'm trying to think of it. I was like, like, three days a week for like <laughs> nine months? That's fake. Um, but a lot of them. And uh, 
and it was just in that of starting to teach classes that I realized like, okay, I think this is it. Like, this is it. Like, I don't want to just do part-time money because quite frankly, the other career is paying the bills enough that I didn't need to work harder to make part-time money. I don't want that to sound egotistical. It's just, I was doing it because I wanted to do it. Right. And then I remember making this decision in December that year. So if I started teaching classes like October, beginning of first week of October, our RKC was like September 20 something that, okay, in January, I'm going to go for it. And I'm going to try to do as much part-time classes as I can and sessions. And I literally worked like minus two days off from, from New Year's, like January 2nd until mid-May. And then May 15th, this coming May, will be nine years full-time. Dang. Um, which is like almost triple to five times the you know survival rate of most of us coaches. And I just remember that weird transition of leaving this very hectic, intense job with a lot of people that I truly loved. And I actually, lo- you know, I'll talk about how I didn't love the career anymore, but that, that the space I was at had its problems, but like uh, props to the Click 3X crew. Aside from my starting group at Quiet Man, that was the best situation in terms of the people being on teams together that I had. So uh, if anybody ever hears me, hears me bitch about it, uh, I did love the crew there. Uh, but then I remember going to the gym suddenly and like you went from, ha- like I went from having all my days to like having like, three things to do a day tops <laughs> yeah being like holy cow <laughs> and you know in your head you're like i'm gonna work out all the time and then you're like oh you're gosh. doing a, you know a muay yeah. thai class and then you're lifting weights and then you're hitting the bag and then after a week of that you're like i'm really tired all yeah. the time and now i'm broke <laughs> yeah there you go but you have to make that that switch who was I'm trying to remember who we were talking to so actually, it wasn't actually at your course. I was, somebody I'm training is feeling very weird. Often, people come to the courses and feel very weird in the position of an, being an enthusiast mm-hmm. or a, maybe a trainer, mm-hmm. where they feel somehow they're lesser than. And um, and then you know, I try to share this part of my story where I'm like, I was just like you, like I had had. I had no idea. I have no fitness background. I've never been on a football team, a soccer ball, you know, a soccer ball team, a soccer, soccer ball, ball team. proof, <laughs> proof. I've never been on a soccer ball team. I've never kicked a field goal into a hoop before. Um, <laughs> but you know that, that there isn't that big divide. It's like you got the motivation to try to, you know, follow something you're interested in, change yeah. your situation. It's just people can find that passion about something, but, but they don't, take that step to change the situation. Right. And that's not the world being against you. That's you kind of being against you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Some people are just complacent or like too scared. It's really fear. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think fear is huge. You know, you talk about like that, that retail thing. It's like, uh, I know some accountants that absolutely hate their jobs. And then I have some accountants that love their jobs because they know they they can emotionally shut it off at the end of their hours. Right. Mm -hmm. And accountants will have like that crazy tax season, Yep. You know, a couple times a year, things go nuts, and then they can take like a long ass vacation off, or not all of them, but a lot of them. Right. And, uh, but they can emotionally deal with, okay, this is going to be the two months of panic, and then I can just leave it at when, when the work is done, the work is done. I think a lot of us, us in fitness and artists and creatives can't leave it. So even if we're in a job we don't like, mm-hmm. you can't turn it off when you punch out. Mm-hmm. And I almost wish I had that ability 
in some ways to be able to like that was just the thing i do for money and this is the thing that i do for me it's it's all so intertwined yeah which in some ways is the only negative because i don't know how many trainers that i've met including myself that work themselves into the ground don't end up training themselves very well for long periods of times um, because we're all wearing ourselves out in the benefits of our clients and to raise money you know for the career yeah um well, and with our stuff too, like it doesn't, like when you leave the studio or gym or whatever your setup is where you're working. But you're living. <laughs> For you, I guess it's a little unique. For me, like, it when means you, like literally uh, move, move the table back. Yeah, and then go take a nap <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> but you don't shut it off because it's like, okay. Um, at least for me, like I track different things for my clients. So I'm like, oh yeah, we worked on this today and we use this weight. So next time we work on deadlift, we, this is where we're going to start or whatever, you know? So like I, I plan for them and I make notes on things and stuff like that. So it's like, it doesn't stop once I leave the gym, like I'm coming home and at some point during the day working on things or planning for the next day for my next clients. Like I don't just show up and I'm like, "Mm, what am I going to do with you today? Like I, and this is just me, everyone, every coach or trainer, whatever you want to call them has their own approach. And that's what works for me. Like I like to have something kind of logged down. I just use the notes on my phone, but, um, Mm -hmm. and then I have a plan for the day. And of course it's like, I go off plan all the time because someone comes in and they're like really tired or something's, you know, feeling achy or bothering them. So, but I, I at least like, like to have my base plan, but that happens behind the scenes. So, yeah. and then, and then I'm just someone too. Sometimes like if something happened in my day or I was feeling off and I'm like, I don't know how that went and blah, blah, blah. Like this is like something. Not that I don't take, not that I'm taking things personally, but I'll just like maybe stew over something. <laughs> and so I'll think about it later when I'm at home or whatever. But, uh, um, or, or just reflecting on the day. So I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't get how you can just shut it off. Yeah. Even in other jobs I had, I couldn't shut it off. I, I, I'm, I have to fight to not make everything about me mm-hmm. in terms of like, if something's going wrong at a company or some, a system that I don't like that somehow I'm failing it, not changing it. I don't mean like a fury industry stuff, but at other careers, um, uh, uh it's funny. I think I verbalized this the first time the last podcast. Like I realize now more than ever that like on one end I'm okay being alone. And I don't mean without my wife or kids, but like on one way I'm okay being alone. But at the other, like when I teach a course, like I, I hate, I realize more and more like I want to be liked cause I, I want, mm-hmm. I think it's not about my ego. I just think if they like me, they're liking the material. So there's a return of investment there about the thing. And it, it was like, it, it was interesting. Like, um, teaching your course. So at Elisa's OS course, there were like 11 people that were friends of mine. And then there were another four that worked at a gym that's a friend of mine's spot. So it was like, we had 25 people and I already knew almost half the crew. So I knew I was coming in a friendly environment. So I want like, if Elisa's coming all the way from Portland (laughs) for this thing, like I want it to be worthwhile for her. Like, I, you know, I can't say I've ever been to a bad course, but you wanted to like, if I'm investing all the money to travel, all the money to, you know, hang out and, and put up, or even if it's just the day, I want that to be a thing. And I sometimes equate the curriculum, how the curriculum comes across with whether or not they like me. Mm. And part of that is because when you're teaching a course, it's not just the curriculum, it's also the experience. Cause I could right. be like super bland, like the teacher in Ferris Bueller and just be like, 
this is diaphragmatic breathing and we're gonna use the eyes and by like two hours in everybody's falling asleep yeah um but i realized that's something that i struggle with and in the ongoing social media discussions on this podcast i realized that comes down to part of my quest for likes whether I didn't even realize, I don't think I even realized that I was doing it until I deleted it from my phone mm-hmm. and started minimizing my viewing of it. Um, Props to you for doing that, by the way. Uh, like, I will, seriously. Thank you. That is so hard. And I can totally relate to your like quest for likes. It's, like, oh my God. It's been very cool. Anybody that's reached out, because I have had a bunch of private messages, Facebook messages, posts, some emails. Uh, Several of my friends and listeners have deleted their accounts off their phone. Um, even those that haven't, uh, the conversations we've been having with Chris Cooper and, and Kristen Callahan, KCAL, and uh, Becky Cody, uh, who you know, Becky Cody, oh, yeah. she was an assistant was, at your yeah. RKC. Yep. Um, this, this sort of came to my mind during that podcast episode. It, it, it is that they are starting again i apologize if this destroys your businesses but i don't think it will uh, about taking the pressure off of the instagram story um i think there is a thing about being awareness and you got to think of like if we want to look at retail mm-hmm. are you selling a service or are you selling a product so if i'm selling belts i need to get the belts out in front of everybody mm-hmm. right because i can sell an infinite number of belts I don't have an infinite number of training spots and I want to have a human connection. So I don't want just anybody necessarily to buy my belt or to train with me. I want somebody like, hopefully you would hear this again. I'm basically teaching, uh, this, this, this is going to other coaches more than like, you know, people on the street that are going to train with me, uh, unless you online train with me. Uh, but like, I want you to train with me because of my skill set and because of how I deliver. Right. Same thing about the likes. Right. So I want to have that connection with you. Um, and then on top of that, I want you to, I do, not that you have to get along with everybody else in the Fury crew, my members, but I also see how their progress excels when they start to make friends in classes, which is one of the reasons why, like, when I say, what would I like to change about the class program here? We're still so small that not all the classes have people in them or more than like one or two. And I just see when there's four people in the room, it's real different energy mm-hmm. and they start to get to know each other and... It becomes like, not only is it the fitness thing, it's also like, ah, it's really cool to go see Caitlin or Christian or somebody. It's your little community. Um, But this idea that somehow by posting every one of our workouts or our exercise or our PRs all the time, um, I I think it's a lot of work. I think you don't realize, like, just like like looking at Facebook, like, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to use, like, the the toilet Facebook as an example. How many of us... (laughs) pull out the phone and look at Instagram or, or Facebook on the toilet. And I will admit, I have done this like drunk standing up at a bar, right? Like I will admit that I've done it like, ah, what's happening? Cause I can't have like the, the 15 seconds to take a leak without looking at social media, just in my own head while I'm taking a leak, right? That is like the same thing as the moment you're thinking about having to set up a camera to shoot something like, oh, this would be a good thing to shoot. Versus just doing the thing for yourself or your person. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm really starting to like realize as I have to shoot a video for Strength Action today. But, I, but that's for a purpose of edu- direct purpose of education in a group that I work with. Right. Versus just like, check out my level of expertise. Look at me. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. And I think that's one of those things that when we talk about mental energy and creating better systems and habits, I don't think we realize that thing. And I will say for two years when I, when I was really new to teaching courses and trying to get my name out there, 
uh, I probably did not work out half as hard because every time I was working out, I'd be like, oh, this would be a good video. Oh, yeah. And then I would so stop distracting. it and do it. And now I don't have that. Yeah. Right now, I'm like, if I'm going to shoot something, this is shooting time now. I'm going to move the dining room table out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to set up and I'm going to shoot, shoot the video. And I'm not going to worry about 60 seconds for Instagram. I'm not going to worry about whatever the preferred method or time or time of day the spot goes out. I'm going to share it. I'll tag the people that it's uh, appropriate for and then let it be. Right. And if I get feedback, great. If no one does, great. Um, I'll say, you know, I don't hear feedback on this podcast. I know at least 250 to 350 people listen to every episode within a six-month window. I only have 38 or 39 ratings on iTunes. So clearly there's over 200 people that have not clicked five stars. Not judging you. But like <laughs> it's the same thing with Facebook where you look at people's views they're not really necessarily watching it all. That just right. means they hit their feed. There'll be like hundreds upon hundreds of them, but then you have like the 18 people that actually acknowledge and liked it. Yes. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, so I've noticed for me since doing that, that I could be way more focused. I'm better at checking in on my online people. I'm better at getting my programming done because when I'm on the computer now, uh, I'm not, Facebook isn't up in the background and it wasn't conscious. It was just a habit. Right. And I get that shit done. And it's been a huge relief. I still catch myself. It's been, you know, almost three weeks walking the dog and pulling the phone out uh, to check the time and then being like, oh, there's no Facebook. Yeah. Um, but it's a relief. And what's kind of interesting, I didn't expect this, when I do check out Facebook, I enjoy it more because like two times will be like, Morning is generally business. What did I miss at night? What have I been tagged in? How did anything post? You know, like new podcast episode. Like Tuesday morning when I post after Elise's, this, this episode's out, I'll be saying like, hey, did we get likes overnight? Right? Because uh, I do know there's a bunch of people on the West Coast that, 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 that listen to this show. Thank you, everybody. Um, and then lunch is usually the friend one. Like that's where I'm just going to check out like, What's up with my friends? Do the happy birthdays. I love Facebook happy birthdays. Um, and then uh, I'll check out the Godzilla and G.I. Joe collecting <laughs> groups oh and, and check in with the Fury crew. Like, you know, Facebook is brilliant for collector groups. And then in the evening, it's sort of like business wrap up. Like if I posted about an upcoming workshop, did that get any sort of quote unquote engagement? And you can't tell for sure. Like if it really like likes don't really mean enough. Yeah. Um, but that pressure of, I don't look to count, like if there's nobody's like to post, I'm, I'm not afraid of it. And you also, I found that like, I just made a thing about using air quotes from like Austin Powers that I didn't realize how much I still do that until we rewatched the movies with the kids. And that got more engagement than like any, you know, oh, seriously? like not the group photo from OS, but like, you know, some of the other like specific, like kind of cool fitnessy stuff. Yeah. We'll get less response than me just writing a quote about air quotes. Because again, like we're seeing that fitness stuff so much, it's all a blur. That's like I go enough. through my fitness, I, I go through my Insta, my fitness feed. My Instagram feed is essentially a fitness feed with like the wonderful art and action figures of Tim, Baron, and uh, the people that have followed me and I follow through that and some music-y stuff. Um, but I'm not watching every video. It's not because I'm not being supportive. And I would imagine people are doing that to me. I can't watch enough, you know, like there's just too many bench presses. There's too many swings. There's too many get ups. 
Um, I'm not saying you're wrong for doing it, like, but I just think take the moment to evaluate why and what you want that outcome to be. Yeah, you get overloaded, and then it's just like it's lost, you know. It's just a blur, and it's so constant. Yeah. And so I'm trying to find that right thing. So uh, I, I will say I am still posting fitness stuff, but I'm only posting it on my Coach Fury page. Yeah. Currently. I'm tagging my personal account, but I'm also like once a week letting people know like, hey, follow this business. I'm not trying to fish for followers. I'm just saying if you want my fitnessy stuff, unless I'm tagged in it from somebody else, like I'm not going to be putting it on here much longer. So like, I don't know if I can emotionally cut the leash on that like in, until March, but February might be where like there's just no more posts of me. Like I haven't done my last few workshop announcements on my personal account page because I want that to be like family and shit. Yeah. You know, yeah, and fitness friends are friends. Like that's different. Like we can still ex- celebrate friendship. Yeah, absolutely. But there's that whole other thing, um, which brings me to something that I thought was really cool that I wanted to talk to you about. So, yeah. uh, I actually love, and I don't know if you probably didn't realize you said it. You said you have when when you're getting ready to quit the job before you even quit and you got fired. You said you wanted you wanted to work on a nutrition uh, on a recipe blog. Yes. Key word there was want, not felt compelled or own. Well, compelled maybe still is a want, but like not felt like you had to. Yeah, I wanted to. Um, and then that was like the cool thing where all of a sudden after <laughs> I met you, I started seeing you show up on news shows. So how did that transition from the blog? Because if we do want to talk about a social media like positive outcome, uh-huh. like that's like a, a true one. Although blogs, I wouldn't necessarily say is social media per se. But right, I, I agree. It's yeah. an article. Like I think people are losing that sight of like your Facebook post doesn't equate to like a blog or an article on exactly. a site. Um, how did that transition take place? Because I think a lot of people, whether it's recipes or training, would love to hear like was there a step? What Was there an aha moment? Um. So just to give a little background info, so I used to be a really big yogi and I did some strength and conditioning too, but I actually mostly did yoga for a while. So it's kind of funny. And now it's more the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, I was going through like some of my own health stuff and I was working with a naturopathic doctor in Portland and I... I had to, and I, I thought I was like eating really well beforehand. And then like, if someone were to look at what I had been eating in a day, they'd be like, wow, you're like super healthy. And I was actually a vegetarian at the time. I'm not anymore. Nothing wrong with being vegetarian. Totally cool. But it wasn't like, it was actually causing, contributing to some of the issues I was having. And, uh, so anyway, so I started working with this ND and, she recommends like a certain approach to eating that I just decided I was like sick of feeling kind of like this crummy feeling all the time and I was over it so I was like I will do whatever you tell me to do Mm -hmm. like I was the dedicated patient I was like and she actually told me she's like you are like the ideal patient because (laughs) because but I was like I don't want to feel like crap like of course I will take what you have to heart you know and so I had to make some dietary changes and but I was like, and to some people it would have been probably the end of the world. And I was, I remember being like a little bummed about some things, but then as soon as I started feeling better, I was like, I don't fucking care. This is great. Like I, I feel better already. Yeah. And so I committed to it and I had this aha moment. I mentioned in the yoga because I had this aha moment in a yoga class one day. I think I, I, I was in some flow or like in down dog or something. And I was like, I'm going to start a blog. 
You know, and it's like, you know, when you have something come to you when you're like in a movement practice or something like it's so just like, I don't know, the space was open and my mind was like quiet and everything. And it just, it just came to me. I was like, I'm going to start a blog. There's weird moments when you're in a state of flow that yeah. uh, clarity comes real quick. You know, I, I've, I've felt that while, while skateboarding and stuff. Mm-hmm. We're just like, I had that moment. It was, like, so genuine. Yeah, that's And so, again, this is 2012. Like I said, 2012 was, like, a good year. Um, And so later that day, I start setting up a free WordPress blog. And I'm like, I'm just going to start sharing recipes. And it it was just, like, really for fun for me. And also to, um, for my family back in Michigan and stuff, just to be like, this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm eating, just to kind of share information. It wasn't, like, I didn't have any other intention behind it than that and 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 then I got laid off you know I'm like I ha- I, will, I asked for this time and it's like oh you get it okay and that whole summer I'm like making recipes and taking pictures on my old iPhone you know they look horrible but <laughs> um and I feel like blogs were at that time like I mean I feel like everyone like has a blog now basically like there, there's tons of them Um, but at that time, I don't know. I feel like you would get a lot more people seems like they seem like they found it or whatever. And, um, I don't know, but so I, I keep this going and, um, really again, I'm just doing it for my own enjoyment and it's, it's like a creative outlet for me, you know? And, and I also really like cooking and experimenting in the kitchen kitchen it's like it's very grounding for me because it's very personal I can like turn on music or whatever and I don't have to talk to anyone and use my hands and all this stuff and I just like I love it so blog continues to like I just continue to put stuff on there you know and it ebbs and flows and sometimes there was periods where I kind of like had to back away from it because when I was back in school or there was also a year like where I just didn't really feel like there was something in me that like, I just didn't feel like I could really work on it. So I didn't post that much that time frame, but it was still there. I knew I didn't want to stop. And then, um, I guess it was like late summer, 20, 2016. Uh, I got an email one day from the producer of, um, uh, a Portland TV show called K2 afternoon live. And the producer emailed me and she's like, hey, will you come on and make your pumpkin caramel bars? <laughs> like this oh, recipe no that way. I had on my site. And she's like, we really hope you do. And I remember reading it and I was like, holy fuck, I'm freaked out. That's I'm really amazing. freaked out. But I was like, I know I have to say yes. Like yeah. if I say no, I'm shutting the door on something. Like the universe is giving me this moment, this opportunity. I can't, why would yeah, I say no? completely. It was interesting. I wasn't sure if that was something that you... They found me. ...reached out for. Because yeah. I'll say, I don't know if you remember, a couple of, maybe it was a couple of months now, there was that article where somebody went on the news and talked about how people over 50 shouldn't like deadlift. Oh my God, squat, yeah. Right? Yes, I know what you're talking about. Severely misinformed. And of course, yeah. all the trainers on, on, on the internet went, on Facebook, went fucking crazy about that. But what nobody tries to really do is, again... Trainers, your algorithm is less focused at your members. It's tra- it's focused at the people you interact with most, which is probably other trainers, right? So, um, you know, you're preaching to the converted already on that. Nobody that's really in your field is going to be necessarily shocked by your response to that. 
But on the flip side of that, it does perpetuate the original article of all the negative stuff. Like that's mm -hmm. a missed thing, right? Like suddenly that thing has almost become uh, un un unexpected clickbait. Yeah. Um, but, and, and Josh Hankins great at, at bringing this to the attention of the TVRT leadership team is like, well, I don't even think it was directed at the team. I think it was actually directed at on Facebook in general. And this thing is like, well, has anybody actually reached out to the news organization or your local news organization to try to reach the audience that would be seeing this? Mm. And that's an interesting thing. Cause I did. So I, I, I had hopped on and I reached out like to, uh, what did I do? New York one. And I think CBS. And I said, let me just try these two and I'll see. Now it went nowhere. Nobody even responded to my email. <laughs> Thanks for submitting. There was no auto response or anything, but I think that's one of those things where, when, when, when we get, you know, you mentioned how almost everybody has a blog. I think it's because everybody thinks they have to have a blog. Mm. And I think some people hate writing and feel they have to write. I think some people hate shooting videos and feel they have to shoot videos. Um, you wanted to write. Right. There was a point when I enjoyed writing and shooting some stuff. And there was a point like I felt like I had to. And admittedly, there was like a year where uh, I, I've persistently, consistently been inconsistent in not creating content mm -hmm. until the show came. And I realized I wanted to create a show. I didn't expect it to make money. I don't expect it to make money. Um, I just want to have conversations, right? And I wanted to, to share our perspectives and learn some stuff. And now it's a flip side because we talk like almost everybody's starting to feel like they have to have their own podcast, <laughs> even though they don't necessarily want to, right? But I think there's that, that element of, of, of when you write a blog, if, if you really want to write and enjoy writing, uh, how do you transition that to actually potentially making income? Now, it's amazing they reached out to you. And mm -hmm. I would imagine that helped grow the blog out. Um, but I don't think people think that like beyond the Facebook post or Instagram that there's other avenues that they could reach out to. And totally. I think local news is a huge one. Just like door-to-door -door outreach um, to the local businesses in your town as a trainer is a huge one. I just saw this thing. I I've been watching... Um, a lot of random television. I, I like shows that people make things and I like shows where uh, businesses are in trouble and someone comes in and, and does it. So like Bar Rescue is a fun one for my, have you ever, you ever seen that I've show? I've never watched it, but if anybody's seen it, it, it's like this guy, John Toffer, he is brilliant, but he'll find this bar that's run so shittily into the ground and he'll yell at him and stuff. So there's that like novelty factor, <laughs> but then he starts talking about it and you're like, that's sound business. That show, The Profit, where the guy comes in and sees how you're managing your business and what your you know, operatings and your systems are. I like learning that. Building cars. I like watching shows of building cars. I know nothing about cars. Like, nothing except how to basically put oil, gas, and air. Basics. Yeah, basics. Yeah. Um, and this one show I'm watching... It's a, it, I was watching today, I don't watch it frequently, it's called Garage Rehab, where this guy who's become a real famous TV car guy, like custom car guy, I think. Sorry, uh, Garage Monkey guy. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I do appreciate you and your show. I, I just didn't follow it. But he'll, he'll go into like a failing car shop or auto mechanic shop. And they not only go like, all right, what's wrong with your business? But like they will mark it out to... What's wrong with your business? How much square footage do you have? How much can this be profitable? How do we do it? But then also, how do we bring in business? And one of the things the, the, the people that were running these into the ground never think of is he goes and he finds the local businesses that have fleets of trucks. And he goes straight to them and he and introduces himself to them and is like, hey, we have this car mechanics. We're about to upgrade this thing. It's going to be able to handle a ton of work. 
you're a neighbor, we would love to have you, mm. you know, create some sort of discount or whatever program. If you want to bring your cars in hell, your employees' personal cars, because 10 of those yeah. will make a business, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. And yet we're not thinking like go to the local whatever. We're thinking like social media. Oh my gosh, where I know. Facebook's against you unless you're paying, and then even the paying ads it's aren't only... necessarily returning. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like the answer's right under your nose, you know. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. So I just think I, I thought it was so cool to see that you were getting those opportunities, and I, I wanted to ask you how it came about. Now, folks, obviously it's going to be a little harder to like <laughs> if they're not asking you directly, but I don't think it's negative or, or, or a horrible idea or a dumb or silly idea to reach out to your local news anchors you about, never know. about an idea or a concept that you think will help. Like Josh Henkin really drills into us, like find a problem, like find a solution to a common problem. So like back pain, maybe you go up and you just do something about back pain. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but then you got to give me a shout out. Me and Elisa, <laughs> a shout out like a, like oh, a, yeah. like a Howard Stern, Baba Booey, um, while you're out there. But uh, I thought that was really cool. Now, what, how has, have you seen an impact from, in terms of whether it's training business, the blog growth? You know, it's interesting because other people have asked me that too. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I haven't seen anything like drastic, I'll say. I, I also don't know how many people, the show's on from like two to three Portland time during the week. Most people are at work mm -hmm. that like work regular jobs or whatever. Um, of course, you can stream it live and all that, but I haven't noticed like a big, I can see that people are like, if I share the link on my recipe site, that people are clicking it or whatever, that cool. it's referred someone in, but I don't notice a huge jump, but I'm okay with that because I have fun doing it and that's all I care about. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not, it, it's fun for me and it's a cool opportunity. And I also just like being able to share it personally with people yeah you know that is something I will share on my personal Facebook page um, of course I'll put it like on my blog and stuff but it's just fun like I get joy out of doing it and so like I don't care whether like it brings one new person to my blog or no one you know but I don't know the actual numbers of people that are watching it like when it's on when it's TV on, you know um, because I don't have access to those th those uh, reports or whatever um, it's funny because I work. When I'm, I remember when I worked in PR. Sometimes I would have to like contact the yeah. company to get those reports, you know, for, for, sure. for viewership. So I don't, I don't know what those numbers are, um, but I'm not worried about it. I think the interesting thing is on on a, on a news show, right? There's something when you're on the TV. You know, one of the things I posted up in Strength Faction, Kay Cal and I talked about this last one. I posted up a question about the social media thing. Guys, like listeners, like eventually I'll get off this thing. But just like why why do we do it? Why do we feel it's a responsibility? And and part of me is also why are we giving away so much free stuff? Mm -hmm. Right? Which is very different from like writing for a blog. It it is different. It's right. like that's it's your your product is the blog. You know what I mean? Even if it's free, it's right. like the product is the blog yep. versus when trainers post stuff, we're trying to get people to come train with us. The product isn't the post. And, you know, one of the things, the common themes is, this, you know, to establish expertise. Well, in social media, there's so much. I don't know if you can establish expertise. Plus, if you look at Instagram and, you know, the fitness stuff is going to be abs and ass, basically. Oh, my gosh. Right? It's going to yeah. be, you know, especially, I hate to say it, like, 
Uh, I mean, dudes are kind of women's like fitness in, inspiration. Like that's the next like sort of battlefield because it is like all softcore TNA basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to see that change. I don't think it will because unfortunately I just think those fit, like this idea of fitness has become like a gateway to just again we, we we've done so much good I think within like the at least the type of people like you and I and the coaches that would come to like the RKC or an OS course or DVRT like just in terms of being more mindful about like this is actually human fitness this is women's fitness this is men's fitness and you know mm-hmm. what it's almost all the same it's more the same than it's different yeah and then there's that that's happening because it's picture based again right where it's like oh, crap and then even now I see some people that like I, that friends and I, that I respect post some pics up and I'm like what, what's the outcome of that you know and then there's the other side where it's like I see a lot of super attractive people talking about how unattractive they feel and I still couldn't find that relatable if I were to go to my younger self and be like, I would still be like, you're too hot or too handsome. I'm not diminishing. Like, I think we all kind of feel like shit about ourselves most of the time. So I'm not diminishing that. But like in terms of like a a public outreach, it's kind of like, what? It's, yeah, they're asking for attention. Yeah. You know, it's like, give me the sympathy. Give me, give me the compliments. Says the guy <laughs> with the podcast, right? So I get it, folks. I know, you know, like I'm looking in the mirror. But in terms of establishing expertise, TV, I think, and I think why people got so mad at that thing about the people over 50 is TV is like legit. I'm not saying it's truly legit, but in people's eyes, your potential customer's eyes, that's expertise. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like, man, or, or you know, uh, being in a magazine. Like, I know the first time, I've only ever really been, uh, uh, I've had a picture of me published once through Strength Fact, uh, Strength Matters, because it was a, a Fisher article. Um, and then I had a little sandbag workout, a little DVRT Ultimate Sandbag workout in details once. And then something in the Hardstyle catalog, I've had a couple of articles, but like, that's like, I, I work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know like my friend, my friends, the Cavados, Danny and Al Cavado, they're on the cover of Train Magazine this month. And somebody that trains here is like, I saw the, your, your buddy from the New Year's Eve party and the wedding, like him and another guy with a beard were on the cover of a magazine. <laughs> now he doesn't have to open that up to think that they're credible now. And mind you, they are like Danny and Al are legit as fuck, but... You know, like, that's an interesting impression that I was like, yeah, that's sure. it. Like, once you're on print, that's a thing. Once you're on TV, you're there. And I think it'll be cool to see where that goes because I think there's totally. a lot of potential growth. But just like everything, people think they're going to open up an online training business and it's just going to fucking boom. People think they're going to open doors up on a brick and mortar and it's going to boom. People are going to open, start a podcast and expect it to, <laughs> to boom. And it just doesn't happen. It doesn't work like you that. You have to invest... Yeah. Those lightning in a bottle cases are so rare that I don't think we realize it because we hear about them a lot. But we're generally hearing about like, you know, if you look at Instagram, I know uh, Netflix has a few Instagram focused TV shows right now or social media popularity things. Um, You know, like so if you talk about like that guy, the fat Jew, like he's making a great life right now and he's involved with some heavy hitters. But he started by like basically copying other people's stuff. Like he was like basically that was it and he got caught and he rose above it but it is what it is yeah but like to get that level of uh what do they call it um influencer that's the word i'm thinking about how many like actual truly changing the game instagram influencers in fitness are there 
And if you want to think about like it changing the game in fitness, we're going to talk about people that generally like hardcore fitness people. And I don't mean hardcore like lifting in a dungeon, but like literally like love fit, like honest, real, true fitness or rally against. And it would fall into like that, like sort of Gwyneth Paltrow, Jillian Michaels, those crew where it's like they're still stuck in that thing of telling women that your your arms are going to get longer and leaner and what's that stupid thing you're supposed to put up your hoo-ha that they sell? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like oh just bullshitty stuff. But because they're famous or because People, they were on The Biggest Loser. They buy into it. People buy into it. It's crazy. It's, yeah. And people will throw up the posts, the negative side of it, posts of like The Biggest Loser. But you know what? The If two million people watch, like read that post and take the time, the 15 million people that watch the episode, it's a dent mm-hmm. to what happens to those people after that show because right. it's not sustainable. Right? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So... You've got the, so that TV thing's become a fairly regular gig and you said you were going to be traveling? Um, not, not traveling for that oh, okay. or anything. I mean, who knows? I'm open to doing that, you know? Travel it's show. Something. Woo! Um, that would be awesome. And just putting it out there. But, um, yeah, I've been a regular, I go on once a month and, uh, the first two times I was on, they're like, will you make this recipe from your site? But now they just leave it open to me. So I I just say I pick my dates for, I usually schedule out for a number of months at a time. And then when my date in the month is approaching, I email the producer and I'm like, I'm going to make this, da, 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 you know, and that's that. So it's, it's totally up to me. And, and, and for the record, like I don't get paid for going on there. This is all like, you know, it's a small, it's a, it's a local TV station. And, you know, even if they did pay me, I'm sure it'd be a very small amount. But again, that doesn't, that doesn't matter to me. And I, I it, never it, knew it was going to be. And, and that's legit local exposure. Yeah. And local exposure is like true, this is your community versus the randomness of your algorithm. Right. 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 And, and I just, like, it's, it's cool and it's unique and it's like, they reached out to me. Like, I didn't ever tried to do this do you have any do you have any action steps in mind of like plans built to build off of that to sort of see what you can transition that into well here's the thing i will say that it's really motivated me to have more new content on my site so like usually now like i post something weekly i don't put pressure on myself to commit to more than that right now like i don't know maybe in the future maybe i'll do like twice a week or something like that but that the once a week works well for me right now um, because I also want to be putting up stuff that is good content. So mm-hmm. I don't want to just be like, oh, I made this recipe and it's like, okay-ish, but I guess it's good enough to post and like the picture sucks. And I'm like, yeah. you know, so I'm, I'm trying to be more intentional with it. And, you know, I could have, when I first started this blog, like – it was so much easier on social media to get followers. Like it would just happen. You could post a shitty picture of like a bite of food so true. and it was like, I got a, like 200 followers overnight. How, and, how long have you been doing the blog? Is this like four years ago, five years ago? I started it in 2012. So yeah, that and is so actually, I could have totally leveraged it during that time, but I was like, I don't want to make money off this. I don't. So I kind of closed the door in a sense, but cause I said, I didn't want that. I didn't want it to be like, a job and I was also back in school and so like I was studying and stuff like that and and working at the gym and so um 
I backed off on it a little bit. Like I had been initially posting like five days a week, which is like I tried to do that when I to maintain that. When I left on when I left MFF, I'm like like, I have all this free time, and I started doing motivational Monday, Tech Tuesday. It's too much. Some DVRT Wednesday. It's too much. Yeah, and I was like, you can't maintain it. It was fun for like. A six weeks yeah and then it was like my life sucks that's right how now. that's how it was for me and so when i went back to school it was like oh i have this opportunity to like back off a little bit well it's funny that you mentioned that and, year uh, thing because i know when in 2000 like so when i became a full-time coach in 2010 to even like just into 2013 um you know i could post like something for five points um and 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 get you know a good traction on it I could post that an event was coming up or a course or a workshop and we get so many responses. Yeah. And then Facebook started, was like, we're going to start, we're an ad agency. Like Facebook's an ad agency. They're not a social engagement thing. They're an ad agency. They get money by selling our data as does Google. Google. Um, I would actually rather pay 20 bucks a month to be on Facebook with no advertising. And folks, if you think that sounds crazy, think of all the Facebook accounts and if everybody paid the equivalent of $20. And like, yeah, maybe not everybody has $20 to be on it. So like we could figure out a way, but just think of the income that that would be mm-hmm. by however many billion, if there, there's easily 1 billion people on Facebook and if each of them put in 10, you think 10 billion is like, a, like that's like legit. Like it's just simple math by crazy numbers, right? right? Uh, I would rather pay for that and not have anybody getting my info, but you know, that's not as fun for, for those behavioral manipulators. Not just Facebook, Facebook, everybody behind it. But what I would say is like what I'm thinking in in terms of yours, like so if I had that sort of like a window is um, A, is there a chance to get on more than once a month? B, can you maybe take a fitness sphere too where like you go recipes Mm -hmm. and then maybe once a month is recipes and once a month is a fitness tip. Mm -hmm. Um, Like an approachable at home and then start doing like your own little like events, like your own go to the strip mall or mall event. Where maybe you like a couple of free and then maybe you write that book or something. Yeah. Um, I think that's where random social media posts, we can all write books now. That's the thing or host a workshop, but will people come? But I think that's where you have that local engagement where like, you don't know, there might be like uh, 20 people that work from home, you know, moms, nannies, dads, grandparents Mm -hmm. that like, Oh, Elisa's on. What's she cooking today? <laughs> we know her. That will come and see you. Yeah. And, and trying to build off of that. And then, I don't know, I'm always, I was going to ask you if you had sponsorships on your website, on your on your blog at all yet. I don't yet. And I'm hoping I can build some relationships there. And I know I can, I do know how to pitch because of my PR yeah. background. So that is something like that's on my, like, on my mind for this year um, is to look for some sponsorships or opportunities like that. Um, I do have some, like, I have Google ads running on my site. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I I know, like, with my my recipe blog, um, I just know... I'm going to, I want to keep working on it and whatever the growth is on it. And I, and I'm not trying to put an end date of like, I want to be this big by such and such time, whatever. It's like, I'm trying to just be genuine about it. And I just know, I know there's something there. And I know if I keep working on it, 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 I mean, I've had opportunities come through it already and I just know I need to just keep working on it and see, 
see where it takes me. Um, but then also like take the initiative to create opportunities myself too. Like don't be scared yeah. to, to take other steps and try, try different things. Um, I mean, even actually the end of this month, this woman, and, and she's more of an acquaintance really. I don't know her super well. Um, but I, I initially met her cause she was a yoga teacher and I initially met her, I don't know, a number of years back when she was subbing some classes, I was taking some yoga classes and she owns her own real estate company. And when I started sharing more so like the TV segments on my personal page, like my segments, I guess what looks like she had started watching them and she'd share some of my recipes in her monthly newsletter that she'd send out to oh, however yeah. many people. And she really liked my recipes. And then she reached out to me in the fall about um, teaching a, a free class at her real estate business. She she does like a twice a year wellness talk. Well, she'll bring in someone from the community to present something. And she asked me if I'd be interested. And um, so it's just a way to give back to the community and to meet other people and have fun too. And so I'm I'm doing that at the end of this month, Amazing. January 26th from 1 to 2 p.m. in Portland. It's free. Um, awesome. Go check that out. And it's uh, healthy comfort food is what I'm presenting. So people will get to try some stuff and we'll, it's going to be casual. Like I want it to be fun and also interactive in a conversation, not me just being like, all right, this is what I do to do this. And you know, like, yeah. I don't, I don't want it to be like that. I want it to be like. The best presentations and workshops are where the, the person's personality comes out. Yeah. And, and that, that's one of the things that I think is like, uh, uh, after the OS course, um, Izzy from Izzy Fit, Izzy, spacing on your last name at the moment. It's been a long day already. Um, but I, I've never met her but except through uh, OS conference call, basically, mm. original strength conference call. And she was there, great personality. And yeah. then you, you and I got to hang out a little bit. And Brian Robinson, who uh, was the assistant instructor on that, and we all went out and we just got a drink after. And, and it is one of those things where... You know, people gel off of the personalities, not off of like necessarily the ego or the front we're trying to put on. And I know, I mean, look, you've been to a couple of my courses now. Like mm -hmm. I am very me. I don't yeah. talk about it a lot uh, on the podcast anymore. But folks, like the only difference you'll hear in my personality from this show to me hanging out with my kids to me teaching a course for someone else is the cursing basically. Uh, and potentially my sense of humor gets like, nastier <laughs> um and darker um as i go on but I, and i think that's what's engaging about it you know and uh i i'll honestly say too uh, i mean brian did an awesome job teaching that one but for mm -hmm. some of the folks that i've had co-teach um you know sometimes it's too much like we're verbatim doing the material out of the curriculum or trying to fill the shoes of say tim anderson or danny almeida or josh hankin or whoever Versus just, this is the curriculum, this is what I make it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why, like, you know, you being you, that's the best way to be. Because, like, there could, there's going to be other recipes. There's going to be right. other food blogs. There's other going to be other, there's literally another co other coaches named Coach Fury. Um, but I'm me, you're you. Yeah. And it's, again, it's not that that show might bring you, like, 3,000 new people. But you might have 10 people that fucking love you off of that show. Exactly and see where that goes from there. And that's yeah. like the thing about, you know, we, we always talk about Fury Industries. I don't want 500 members here. 
I would love to have like 40 great people and then that would be enough to sustain the risk of opening up a brick and mortar. But even with that, more and more when I start looking around at spaces, I'm like, I don't want like the strip malls. Well, we don't have strip malls really in Brooklyn, but I don't want like the big strip front. Like I actually Mm -hmm. want you to have to not work for it, but it could be like in a basement around the corner up high somewhere. Like I'm not looking for that. I'm not trying to be a crunch or some sort of false all inclusive. I'm not saying this about you, Crunch. I love you. But like <laughs> every gym right now, you see a sandwich board about how all inclusive and non judgmental they are. And to some degree, uh, I'm going to be completely honest. Um, if you're a racist asshole, I don't want you here. That's not, I'm not all inclusive. I don't want you here. You know, I mean, if you're open yeah. to a moment of growth, like we can have that conversation and maybe I can change it. But like generally speaking, I'm cool with that. Um, <laughs> you know, it, if you don't believe in gay marriage, I'm not going to judge you or hate you. But like, you know, like that's going to be a problem probably within this environment. If you try to push that on other people in particular, I'm probably going to be like, mm, you know, we might not be the best fit. Totally. So in a way, like people forget that like that is a judgment. I'm making it. I'm very clear about it. Um, again, am I going to close the door? We're going to have a conversation. And it's not going to be like it's not on my my par, my, uh, par queue. It's not the first question I ask. But like the personality is probably going to what's going to dictate the success to some degree. Um, if you're relating, how do I deliver? Cause my personality is how I deliver my sense of humor and the jokes we make and the people that are around here. Like if you're going to be a negative influence on this crew, uh, no matter how much I need your money, like if your bill is literally my child support check for that, I, I will, I will not take you. <laughs> but, um, so I want to be off the beaten path a little bit. I just want to be able to share that with more people. So like right, right now I have tons of room to grow from Fury Industries where it is. Um, you have tons of room to grow, but yeah. again, it's like the, wh- where, where do we determine growth? Right. You know, somebody reached out about potentially investing and I, I still need to chat with, chat with them again, but you know, they, they were looking for like chain gymming, you know, mm, like that yeah, was like the end not, goal. And it, I yeah. just don't think that's me. Right. You know, I, I, I wouldn't mind having more than one per se. Right. Um, but the idea of just trying to make it to replicate, it has zero interest yeah, to me. I feel you. Um, So I think that's where like, I'm okay with my, like, again, going back to the original thread of this was that 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 smaller tribe is the true tribe, right? Mm -hmm. That's the crew. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's awesome. So in addition to this uh, workshop you got coming up, this little presentation, what else is going on in the world of Elisa Fairbanks? Um, So I am going to be going to Portugal soon. Is that purely vacation? (laughs) Purely vacation. Awesome. So I will be celebrating my 34th birthday in Porto hopefully with a glass of port probably I mean come on nice yeah so I I really enjoy traveling and um I definitely seek things out and uh plan things and whatnot so I found a sweet deal and situation to go to Portugal so leave on February 28th arrive March 1st and staying through the 12th so Porto, Coimbra, Lisbon, um, and I've heard awesome things about Portugal. And I just, I, I love seeing other parts of the world. Like what I get from it and when it's like a true vacation and it's like a true break, but it's so enriching. Like I get so much from it then that I can bring that back, you know, and there's so much growth and, and discomfort <laughs> that can happen. Yeah. So it's good because it even, it, it can get me out of my comfort zone a little bit. Um, and, and 
that's good for us. You know, like it, it really is. It's one of the greatest things. And it's something that I, I was not a good traveler for most of my life. And, and going to workshops originally just to take them was a big eye opener for me. And now that I've gotten to travel to teach, it's, um, it's not even necessarily like where you're going. It's just having that open mind to enjoy the experience of where totally. it's going to be. And most times, the times that I've been the most surprised is when I was like the least excited. Like, mm. uh, this isn't a dis to, to Kansas City, but I was going to see my friend Jen the first time I went out there. Like, I had no idea. I didn't research anything about Kansas City. Um, my friend Jen was hosting me to do GVRT and HKC. And I was just really excited to teach the courses and see Jen. Not in that order. And uh, I fucking loved Kansas City. Like, awesome. I was, like, really blown away. I, I don't go, like, downing or dreading anything, but I'm like, you know, I go with an open mind, but I'm like, it's really, usually it's about seeing the person first, sure. like, whoever's hosting me or whatever. Um, and I think there is something in it, now that I've been able to go, like, you know, to Asia several times and, and, and all across the States and, um, you know, the one time I was in Australia is you realize how relatable, like there are some hard line differences you might have based culturally or on uh, philosophically or religion, but overall, man, especially in fitness world, we're so close. Totally. And things like this podcast, meeting you and I, I you know, I'll say generally speaking, if, if, if someone, and I don't know if this was you in any way, but if, if someone signs up a course, like I know some people sign up because they take something with me. And then they build up a relationship or an experience there so that they're like, okay, it sort of like pre-vets out the next one, but they might want to take it with me again. Cause mm -hmm. it's like, it's almost like, I, I just think the, the, those type of people that are getting drawn together um, are going to have a pretty similar ph philosophy where like that becomes like a real global reach, like a bigger right. reach. Um, certainly there's like, you know, bigger political cultural things that happen, but the similarities between us, you really start to realize are all so much closer. I mean, for, you know, one of the shocking things I always say in Japan is like 7-Eleven is huge in Japan, like bigger <laughs> than it is in the States. And for me, 7-Eleven is like Levittown, Long Island. It's where we would like eat lunch at school and where we would buy, try to get people to buy us beer or smoke <laughs> weed. Sorry, mom, if you were listening to this podcast. Um, but, and, and then to go like, I had no idea that like Sev's was like, in Japan. I had no idea. Um, yeah. Kim and I used to go to this great, well, I shouldn't say used to, we, we actually went there on a date night recently. Um, Buttermilk Channel in Brooklyn, just yeah. like nine blocks. Have you been yeah. there? Yeah, I've been there once. Wow, the place is amazing. Hey, Deb. Deb's like our, our, our favorite hostess there. And they always take care of us, which is weird because Kim and I are not the fancy people that are normally there. And I was in uh, Tokyo in Harajuku walking in, and there's a buttermilk in Harajuku. That says Buttermilk no Channel way. Brooklyn. So I stopped. I took a photo. <laughs> I texted Kim. Oh my gosh. And it was literally, they came in and they did me measurements. It's not an exact one-on-one -on -one replica, but they literally measured everything. What types of tables, what kind of lights, what kind of chairs. So it's just that idea of like, we are so close. Like, so that if we can actually embrace like the not dramatic differences, but even when they are dramatic differences, you have to, I'm not saying get out of jail free cards, but you have to understand like that's a lifetime of putting them there. Mm -hmm. That's like a cent potentially centuries of, of what has established those massive differences versus like, you, you know, you go to, uh, to Asia or Portugal and you're like, you, the United States is a baby country. Like we are still a fucking baby country. Yeah. Like it's crazy how yeah. new we are. We're an amazing country, but we're a baby country when you can go and look at art and statues and, and, and buildings in the middle of a town that are centuries upon centuries old. It's mm -hmm. freaking crazy. 
Um, but yeah, embrace it. Have the best time traveling. Yeah, thank you. I know Kim and I keep talking. I don't ever get to travel purely for vacation, and I'm I'm really struggling to try to change that. Mm -hmm. But every time, like I you know on a work trip, if I can stay a couple of days. But lately, it's like I fly in and I fly out. Yeah. Um, do what you got to do, and then I, you're back. Yeah, because yeah. then I lose money when I'm here or I, I'm away yeah, from the kids. I get it. Yeah. But vacations are important, and traveling just for perspective. I would actually say for, for most of us in the States in particular that are, are bumming about our current political situation, um, it would be great to get out of town for a little bit. Uh, I don't mean move to Canada, <laughs> but maybe visit Canada or visit someplace. Uh, maybe wait until this uh, shutdown is happening, because oh apparently uh, leave extra time for the airport, by I the know. way, when you head home. I do have TSA pre-check, but I know people I, are... Um, I, I, I have it too. I was okay on the way here because actually one of my clients is like, oh, hopefully you'll be able to like get through okay because, you know, people aren't going to work and stuff. And I was okay on the way here. Um, we'll see what happens what, what, tomorrow. What, air, what airport are you flying out of? Uh, tomorrow I'm flying out of JFK. Okay, be mindful. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes JFK. I prefer to fly out of LaGuardia usually. Yeah, but... me too. Um, but I would say there was a big thing on the news today that like uh, TSA people are starting to not show up because yeah. they're not getting paid. So, yeah, I'll just be there a little earlier. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, I'm starting so to So I don't have to be all stressed out about it. We're going to Atlanta in February to see some friends for a couple of days. Um, and... Uh, they specifically mention Atlanta as being one of the places. That's oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we've been talking almost an hour and a half. See how fast oh that God. happens, right? Time so, just goes. Uh, Elisa, where can people follow your blog? Where can they find you? Yeah. So, um, well, my training, my my training website is just elisafairbanks.com. All one word, no underscores or anything. And my name is spelled A-L-I-S-A. And Fairbanks, just like Fairbanks, Alaska. And then my my recipe blog, or as someone said to me before, because I said, it's Fairbanks, like Fairbanks, Alaska. And they're like, or like a bank that's fair. Yeah, I was also <laughs> going to say, like, I was like, going to make okay. a comment after, of like, because, you know, everybody, <laughs> you, you know uh, how they spell it, Fairbanks, Alaska, right, New Yorkers? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I always, like, it made me chuckle. And I was like, touche. Okay. Um, and then my recipe blog is paleo in in pdx.com so that's p-a-l-e-o-i-n-p-d-x.com pdx is you know the uh, short for portland so and all eaters are welcome you know you don't you don't have to aspire to be a certain way um i'm not rigid about anything it's just when i started this blog that's kind of what i was using and you know eating within and um it kind of like stuck and works for me. And so, you know, to each their own, but that's where you can find my healthy recipes. So, well, that's awesome. Go, yeah. go, go and check it out. I'm actually going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take the link. I'm going to put Sweet. it up in the, uh, in the Fury crew private page. Uh, and I'll put it up on the coach Fury page as well. Cause admittedly nutrition is where, um, I'm not the best at it. It's just true. I, I enjoy eating bad stuff, but uh, I like lifting more At least more than you I like. own it, right? You know? You're like, <sighs> but, um, oh, and if you want to follow me on Instagram, because I don't really post much on, like, I do have a Facebook page for my recipe blog, but I don't know. Facebook is so dying, you know? But I am on Instagram just as Elisa Fairbanks, all one word. Cool. Um, and the show yeah. notes will be on, on the podcast, so you could always go and backtrack it there. 
Uh, any final words? Uh, oh my gosh, now I feel pressure to say something really no pressure. like... pressure, you can have a long, awkward Like a pause. really big deal, you know? Um, uh, <laughs> or I can just say um the whole time. <laughs> but... I feel like I have to say something really profound, but I don't. You really don't. I really don't. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I will just say, like, to you, like... I'm so flattered and honored that you asked me and like the fact that you Aww. like seriously like I am I was so touched um it's it's like a big deal to me so like thank you Aww. so much and then just the fact that you say I have a good vibe like I was like oh, that is like the best compliment you know because uh, sometimes I get in my own head and um I get anxious about stuff and I don't know, people tell me I'm generally calm, but I'm like, I don't feel calm, really. Like, I feel like a stress ball inside, but I guess I can exude calm. In no, you, you of, definitely have, but, like, a, a, there's a level of uh, ownership. I don't yeah. know if I would say, I don't, not that you're not calm. For me, there's there's some people that just carry the themselves very well. Um, I, I don't necessarily think I'm one of those people. I think I'm like... You know, I carry myself as like the sort of like awkward goofball that I think I am. I think you carry yourself really well. Uh, well, thank you. But I like, do. There, there's people that I see in the room, and I'm like, uh, oh yeah, like they got it. And then you can, I hate to say, it, you see some people, uh, male and female, that are hot messes. Yeah. You know, you see the nail biter crew that's just like super nervous, uh, and then you see like the disconnected, like they're there for credit or or you know uh, continuing education credits, or because their friends there or to get another set of initials to put under their card. Um, but no, I, I actually was like really stoked. And, uh, you know, it's like that weird part of, uh, this is gonna sound really, really freaking weird. Um, but you know, when I said how I like, I, I, I kind of do want people to like me when I'm there mm -hmm. again, I, I live without it. If they don't, I, get, I don't, oh I, my gosh, I, I don't really expect, really... and I don't expect everyone to like me. Like I realize that about my personality, um, that like, I, I don't expect everybody to like me. I mean, fuck it. My, I use G.I. Joe figures and Godzillas in my marketing when I do bother to do marketing. As I'm staring at this shelf of Godzillas, <laughs> like full, like chock full of Godzillas. Oh, side note. Seriously. <laughs> shout out to David Eric Dopko from the podcast too, who pointed me in the way of a figure I wanted on at Mandaraki online. And uh, it is here, a beautiful M1, uh, green-legged... Uh, Horu Nakajima figure. Uh, it just makes me sad a little bit that he's no longer with us and I won't be able to get it signed by him. But thanks, David. Um, no, I, so I would say that you carry yourself very well. And, and that in terms of likes, like when you responded to my post about OS, about coming out, I was like, holy shit. And part of it was like, <laughs> she must have liked me too. You know, like it must have been a good experience. Like I do want, I guess it's not even not necessarily about, I, I want people to like my teaching style. I guess I should say that. I, and it is so close to my personality that I feel like a little bit like if you're, if you don't like my teaching style, I have failed you as your instructor mm. and if it succeeded then you probably there's a connection with as a as a friend so i don't want it to come off creepy in any way but there was like oh yeah so whenever somebody comes back to a course and is aware that i'm teaching it i'm like ah oh, fuck yeah so no thank you um for coming there but it's also uh elisa and i were talking at the beginning of this podcast about like what it's about and what i hope to get out of it and, and it is that you know after you do the course um sometimes there's these like you know imaginary walls between the lead instructor and the attendees and again like i said you never know how successful the attendee might be in comparison truly to the instructor um people own gyms and make a lot more money than i do and i'm sort of like this renegade independent you know i do a lot of different stuff like i have a bunch of different uh, revenue streams 
around fitness teaching for groups. But you know, my thing that might be different is like a big chunk of my income is teaching courses. So, you know, I teach on average 14 to 18 courses or in services or workshops a year. Like that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, but that's really what separates me was, well, somebody might do like a, you know, a thousand sessions a year. I don't know if that's real math. Uh, and it's going to be financially, you know, better off just by teaching people. And that's ultimately what we're all trying to do. Right. Myself included. So anyway, that, that was really cool. But in terms of like, I wanted this show to be what it's like when we hang out after like break down the walls. Everyone has humans. We talk a lot about fitness and stuff, but also about like, we'll talk about movies like, you know, uh, Hank and Newman and Tim Anderson and I, like, you know, we'll, Tim and I were texting about the new Spider-Man trailer yesterday. Like all that stuff is like, there's still like, these are the things we're in you that help keep us motivated. And perfect example of like, Hey, last minute, who wants to go out and just grab a drink after the OS course. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, again, not like pushing booze on anybody or anything, but who wants to go and hang out? And like four of us hung out and you, it was great. It was like a perfect yeah. hang. Um, so like that's, that's one of those things like relatable people. And, and that's why I wanted to share the show. And in terms of, you know, being honored to be on, it's like, I just think, uh, a lot of podcasts, if, and I won't say this as a criticism, tend to have the same people on. And I know there's overlap with mine, but I do want to try to highlight people that like, might not be known whether it's even just in New York or to help mm -hmm. improve that awareness. Cause I think some of us are, we're all going through our different versions of similar struggles. Yeah. And one of us might have that aha, like that idea of the retail thing, Becky Cody's thing. And I don't even remember how it kind of came to be when we were on that episode talking about social media and how I just want to be the best local deli. Like I want to be the le uh, best local. Like if you wanted to know where to get the best bacon, egg and cheese in the neighborhood, I want to be you. that for fitness, yeah. right? Whether it's here at Fury Industries in the home or when we get a brick and mortar, like that's my goal, right? Um, so uh, the podcast is, I've, I've learned a lot from it and that's another outcome versus like, it's not just to share and teach other people. Like I'm learning from you. I'm learning from everybody that's been on here. And I see it when I teach courses. There's a different ease in how I teach. There's mm -hmm. a different point of view sometimes or uh, at our course, a couple of questions got asked that I never heard before. Uh, one of them, I had to flat out be like, I don't really know the answer to that because it's well above the pay grade and the scope of the course in terms of the anatomy. Um, but it allows me to have ownership of that in a different yeah. way. So it's also, uh, this show's not just uh, for my patrons. Shouts out to Victor, James, Julian, and Brian. But it's also, it, I grow from it. It's a creative outlet, like a Absolutely. recipe blog versus just trying to, uh, a moneymaker or uh, even less than trying to do this as a moneymaker. Uh, a forced, compelled job description item in fitness. Um, anyway. And you enjoy it. I love it. Yeah. Like, this is great. I yeah. can't believe an hour and a half. It's actually almost an hour and 40 minutes now since we tried to uh, end this earlier. So at the end of every show, um, the guest tells the listeners to die mighty. Elisa, can you tell the listeners to die mighty? Die mighty. Awesome. Thank you so much Thank for taking the so time. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> I reached out to Elisa knowing she was in town, but I was like, hey, you could either come and do this in person or we could totally do it uh, uh, via Zoom because I don't want to like waste your vacation time in New York. And she Not made the trip out. Not a waste. And uh, listeners, again, uh, for, especially like those either from the last episode, but even across the board, uh, whether you've started like playing things with maces and Indian clubs, because you heard me and some of the guests talking about them, if you deleted Facebook off of the phone, if, it, if you had a client situation that you did whatever a little differently because you heard somebody talk about it, um, 
I know some people have done like little programming things we've talked about, little workout ideas we've talked about on the show, uh, and maybe seen movies uh, for better or worse because we've talked about them on the show. Uh, just thank you. Like that is the cool communal vibe. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, play the game in the comments. Try to guess the <laughs> PR firm. I'm kidding. Don't I really don't really don't worry about that. Um, but thank you for listening. Uh, and until the episode, holy crap, we've crossed. This is episode 71. The road to 100 is so close. Thanks, everybody. The Coach Fury Podcast is created, owned, and produced by Steve Coach Fury Holliner for Fury Industries, LLC. Music provided by The FTW. Visit the FTW.nyc for band, tour, music, and merch info. Artwork created by Glenn Gurrieta. Visit glengurrieta.com. That's G-L-E-N-N-U-R-I-E-T-A. Or follow him on Instagram at Glenn Gurrieta. Voiceover by Laura Palmer.